illuminating facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Monday to you. It's a brand new week, brand new set of shows, and I'm so glad you're with me today on The Kale Clark Show. 888 914 9149. Our listener line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters Life Insurance. 888 914 9149. That's the number to call. You can also find me on the x.com app, formerly known as Twitter. My handle is at Kale Clark, C A L E Clark with an E. And you can find me as well through email. Send me a show idea, become a shadow producer. Send me a link. Hey, Kale, you might want to check this out. Love your take on this. The address is Kale, C-A-L-E, at RelevantRadio.com. So we're cracking open. Yep, that's a real sound effect, not even fake. A brand new show, and I got a brand new email. Actually, this is from shadow producer Lucas Holt, who used to be the actual producer of this program. And uh, Lucas sent me a really interesting piece from Psychology Today magazine. Now, you probably have, I know you have, I know you have friends, family in your life who will say something to you like, hey, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Ever get that? I'm sure you did. So my question is, why are people doing this? Why are people doing this? So let me ask you this question. You can call in 888-914-9149. Why do you think that people are turned off by religion? quote unquote, and turned on to quote unquote spirituality. Let me know. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. What what do you say to these folks when when this comes up in conversation? Maybe you're trying to invite somebody to a night of confessions during Lent. Hey, get cleaned up. It's a great chance to do it. You know, lots of parishes will have these confession nights where tons of priests will be there. You can be anonymous. A lot of people are afraid. I don't want to go to my parish priest. He'll recognize my voice and you start disguising your voice. You don't need to do that. But I get it. I get it. I get get the draw. But let's talk about this from a psychological perspective because that that was the interesting um, angle, if you will, from this piece that Lucas sent me. It's all about the psychological backdrop for why people are doing this. And along the way, we're also going to answer this question. Is belief in the biblical God just a crutch for people who can't cope? They've been hurt by life and, and they just they're using God as a crutch. Maybe you've had that accusation leveled at you as well. Well, we'll, we'll deal with that too, because it's kind of part of it. It's kind of part of it. So this uh, article was written by Dr. Andy Tix, T-I-X. Um, and it's called The Psychology of Replacing Religion with Spirituality. The Psychology of Replacing Religion with Spirituality. So this is an interesting angle because obviously it's in Psychology Today magazine. And uh, the article points out that recently a team of psychologists of religion, I didn't know that that was a field within psychology, psychology of religion. So there was a team of psychologists of religion. I was going to say psychologists, but it's psychologists. Yeah, I want to learn to read someday. As a team of psychologists of religion um, led by Julie Exline recently noted, 
shifts away from religion occur in at least three forms. Okay, so they did this big study. This is why people are replacing religion with spirituality. So they found basically three reasons. Number one, an individual might be, quote-unquote, done with religion entirely. I'm just done with it. I'm done. I've had it. It's over. I've had enough. They're just done. They no longer consider themselves religious, and they might not, never, really, in the future, affiliate with their prior religious community at all. So there are a lot of reasons why, and you and I can probably piece together a lot of reasons why people might be, quote-unquote, done with Catholicism. If you know somebody who's kind of walked away from the church and said, I'm just done with this. You can probably think of a million reasons why, or maybe specific reasons in, in the lives of your friends and family. Give me a call. What are some of these reasons why people might be done with Catholicism? 888 Okay, so that's the first reason. They're just done with religion. The second reason why people shift away from religion, they might actually continue to identify themselves as religious, but they might pull back their involvement. So here, here's an example Somebody might still self-identify as a Catholic, but they, they might not ever attend Mass. They might never darken the door of a church. They just, they just never go to Mass, even though it's a holy day of obligation on Sundays and other solemnities you know, that are noted as such as holy days of obligation. But they just, they just, I'm still Catholic, but I'm just effectively not going. I'm Catholic in name only. Um, they might not read the Scriptures anymore. Uh, if they if they come from another another Christian tradition, as well as not attending uh, worship services, so that's number two. Number one is just the person who's just done. I'm just done with it. Number two, I, I still identify as Catholic or whatever, but I'm pulling back. I'm not really practicing anymore. And then the third thing that happens is people disengage from their religious identity and their religious participation, and instead focus on spirituality. So I guess you could say with with the second group that are just kind of pulling back, they're not necessarily looking for something else. They're just not practicing what they do have. But this third group, they're disengaging. They're disengaging and they are focusing on instead on something called quote-unquote spirituality. Spirituality. Now they might never formally leave, say, the Catholic Church. And, and and you know what? Nobody, truthfully, nobody's really going to bother to do that. I mean, you might know somebody. I've never, I've never met anybody who's essentially left the Catholic Church, who's ever actually formally left the Catholic Church. And by that, I mean they've written a letter to their local ordinary, their local bishop, saying, "I am no longer Catholic. Please strike my name from your records. Strike my name from the baptismal records. Take my baptismal certificate." Uh, which is kept in the parish in which I was baptized. It's recorded all the sacraments I've ever received. Just put it in the shredder. I am done. I am out of here. No, it, look, if you're leaving, you're probably not even going to bother. You probably won't even care enough to write that letter. So I don't know anybody who's actually done that. But that's actually a good thing if they haven't done that. That's actually because <laughs> the fact of the matter is if they ever come back, if they ever want to get back in the good graces of Holy Mother Church, it's actually pretty simple. And, and this is what happened to me when I came back into the Catholic Church, even though I had essentially left the church, became an agnostic when I was in my late high school, university years, 
kind of wandered away, drifted, asked, asked a lot of questions, eventually became a Protestant minister, long story. But when I came back into the Catholic Church, it was actually a pretty simple process because I never formally left the Catholic Church. I'd never written that letter. I'd never, my, my baptismal certificate was still there. What I had to do was in front of a priest. Well, first of all, I had to go to confession. I had to make a good confession. And then in the presence of a priest, I had to recite the creed. I believe this stuff again. <laughs> okay. And then psh, you're back in. So it's actually, uh, if you're getting somebody back into the church who's um, a non-practicing Catholic, it's a pretty simple process. It's a pretty simple process. So that's that's the good news. So these are the three reasons that people are giving for shifting away from religion into spirituality. Number one, they're simply done with religion entirely for whatever reason. Number two, they continue to identify as religious, but they're pulling back. They just, they're just essentially not practicing anymore. And number three, they're, they're really disengaging from religion, and they're, they're actively focusing on spirituality, whatever that means. So we'll talk about what kind of spiritualities people are involved in now and how we can maybe talk to them. But let, let's take a phone call right now. Let's, let's go to Raylanda from Arizona. Hi, Raylanda. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. So, my, I feel like I'm spiritual. I've been to a lot of different churches, and when I come in, a lot of places don't greet you or whatever, or they judge you. And then mm. it makes you want to pull back, like, oh, okay, but it says that we shouldn't judge. Versus being like, okay, we all believe in God. Like, we all believe there's a higher power. So why don't we come together as one? Religious I feel like religions break it down and put people in boxes. And if you don't fit the mold that they want you to fit, then you don't fit. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I feel like your relationship with God is personal. It's your spirit, you know, connecting. And a lot of places tell you, yeah, it's a personal journey. But in the grand scheme of things, when they break it down in different religions, it's no longer a personal journey. It's my journey connected on to whoever's journey. And if I don't fit in that box, then... You know, hmm. I'm not welcome there. So w when you say you're not welcome there, Rolanda, like, have you had experience, like, when you say you feel like you're being judged when you come into these places, and I don't know where you've gone, if you tried to go to a Catholic parish or, or what, maybe you can tell me, but, but like, do you just get that sense that they're judging you, or did you actually have some experience where you, someone says, I'm judging you, I think you're, you know, not worthy of this or whatever? Well, like, what are you talking about when you mean that? It's not that they necessarily came out and was like, I'm judging you. But you know how after congregations and people start talking to each other and it's like, oh, hey, I'm from here and blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, oh, you're not married, but you have children. And then, oh, you're divorced? Oh, no. Or, mm -hmm. oh. You, so it's certain different things or the way people look. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of, like, stink eye and I'm like, I'm a really nice person. Like, you know what I mean? So, or people are standoffish. And I have been to places where I wasn't baptized or whatever, but I was like, oh, I'm a girl. I want to learn. And because a baptized person was like, oh, you know, she's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, how, like, I don't get a chance to speak for myself, you know, before you shun me. Hmm. So, and okay. so what I started doing was reading the Bible to my children. And I just let them know, like, look, it's a personal, it's a personal journey. You don't have to join a religion to have a connection with God. Like your spirit could still be connected 
which makes you spiritual. I hear where you're coming from with that. I hear where you're coming from, and I, I don't doubt that those experiences are real, Raylanda, where it, especially it's, that kind of drives people crazy, doesn't it? When somebody speaks for you, oh, she's, she's like this, or, you know, well, let me, let me tell me, let me tell you what I, what I'm all about. You know, you don't have to speak for me. Um, I get that. I get that. Um, and, and it's true that sometimes, especially with certain you know, things that are going on in people's lives, uh, things that according to the church, according to the, the teaching of Christ would be considered, okay, well, we don't know all the circumstances involved, but but generally speaking, there there are some things that people have going on in their lives that you can't hide it, right? Um, mm-hmm. If, say, an unwed mother comes into the parish, everybody knows they can see the baby bump, uh, and there's a tendency to maybe judge, like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Oh, you know, maybe say this is a certain type of individual or whatever the case might be, whereas... It's true that a greedy person can come in and nobody even really knows it. An avaricious person, because it's all kind of inside. It's not an exterior sin, so to speak, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, so I kind I kind of get that. I kind of get that. But, but this this idea that um, that we don't need a religion, quote unquote, to know God. I, I just I want to. I, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I think people think of religion as a bad word. And the, the word religion comes from a Latin word, religare, which, which essentially means to bind yourself, to bind yourself to someone or something. And that's, it's really, this is how God kind of gets a hold of us, how he gets into this relationship with us. And, and we would say that, Hey, like you need the religion to have the relationship. I don't know what you think of this because like, let me just give you an example. Like, so with baptism, we would say that with the sacrament of baptism, this is how you get into this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You're baptized, your sins are washed away and the Holy spirit dwells in you through your baptism of water in the spirit. So this is like, wow, this is like, this is how I'm getting personally connected with God, but you can only get that through the church, you know, unless you're in like, I mean, if you're in, I know with baptism, if you're in danger of death, there's a couple other things that can happen, but, but, and then we, we, like, for example, at the Catholic church communion, the Eucharist, it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. It's really Jesus. So we were, if we're receiving Jesus, we're uniting ourselves with Jesus Christ. Like it doesn't get more personal than that. That's a personal relationship. It's like, wow. I mean, you can't get any closer to God without dying. So this is what, I don't know what you think about that, but these are ways that like we can get close to God without, without, like we need the church for that. We need the church for that. I do believe that I was baptized when I was younger. I'm 40. And, Mm -hmm. um, when I was, I say about 10, I was like, yes, like, this is what I want to do, you know? And my grandma was like, she told the woman, no, they can't get baptized. Well, when we got there, the lady asked me like, you know, do you believe, do you want to? And I was like, I do want to. And then mm-hmm. recently I went to a kingdom hall and a woman told me, oh no, you, the only way you get to, you know, have a connection with God is if you're baptized as a witness. And I'm like, oh, like, but how, you know what I mean? So it kind of confused yeah, me because I'm like, of course, I know like in my heart, in my soul, like I believe, you know what I mean? 
I know I have a connection. But when I went to different places, it's like, no, you have to be baptized here to be able to, you know, have that connection. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, if I have to be baptized in a certain religion, and there's so many of them, do I go and just get baptized in all of them? Just no. so I can... <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, 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 but what you've touched on, on Raylanda, is... is um is, re- is something really interesting. Now, by the way, just so you know, you mentioned a kingdoms a kingdom hall for those listening. That means the Jehovah's Witnesses organization, the Watchtower Society. Most people know about the Jehovah's Witnesses. They do a lot of door to door evangelism, knocking on doors. Just just so you know, Raylanda, they they are not a Christian group. They they don't believe in the Trinity. They don't believe that God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They actually think that Jesus is Saint Michael the Archangel which is a totally different creature. He's an archangel. So they, they, there's a lot of issues. And I, I, I talked about this group on, there's another show that... They actually that, do, they do believe in the Trinity. They do. No, they believe they in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They, they, they don't, don't believe they that might, it's they might, one. Well, I, I, they, they might use those... the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They, they might use those terms. You, you, definitely you'll hear them talking about that. But but what do they mean by that? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the question. And so... Um, you can find, there's a lot of information you can, you can find out about them, uh, online. We also did a series on the faith explained show about Jehovah's witnesses, but yeah, but all these different groups are going to have their own take, right? Um, but obviously there's the Catholic church, but they're in the Protestant world. There are over 34,000 different Protestant denominations. Not only do they disagree with the Catholic church, but they also disagree with one another about how things ought to be done. That's why they exist. They kind of broke off from each other because they disagreed with one another. So the question is, well, what is the truth? How do I know what the true church is? And again, we have to go back to Christ because he said, Jesus himself said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And really, we talked about this a little bit last week on one of our programs that the Catholic church really fits the bill because it goes back to the time of Jesus and it still exists today. The gates of hell did not overcome it. So we, we think we have a good, it seems like we have, it seems to me that the, the Catholic argument is the best, is the best argument for, you know, this is, this is the true Christian religion for sure. Um, now others might, might disagree with that, but, but only one can be true. I mean, it's, it's like mathematics, right? I mean, one plus one equals two, but there's a million wrong answers to that question, but there's only one right answer. And that's not putting, that's not putting people in a box saying, oh, it's got to be this way. It's like, if this is true, well, then that is the way. And I want to know that because the truth will set me free. And then I don't have to always wonder what, what the truth is. I, I, don't, I can sort of you know, firmly put my trust in that and stand on that and, and build my life on that. And I don't know. Like, to me, that, that's, that's a, I mean, inquiring minds want to know, right? That's, this is why people ask these questions. Okay. So, I mean, we're kind of made for truth, right? And, and, um, and the fact that you're kind of like looking around with these different groups tells me that you're kind of looking for something too, right? I'm definitely searching. Definitely. I have two little girls, um, and I definitely want them to know the truth. I want them to have the truth. As a child, I was able to go to whatever church I wanted. So I picked all the ones with the pretty windows. So, (laughs) you know, but I, (laughs) I definitely like, you know, I want, for me and my children to, you know, have that connection and be able to live on, you know, a paradise earth. And, you know, I want that really. 
Yeah, I mean, everybody wants that for sure, and and this is something that the Jehovah's Witnesses talk about when they when they come to your door. And wouldn't you like to live in a, in a paradise on earth? Well, yeah, of course. Um, but the question is, I mean, that's that's great, but how do I know that your ideas are true? And and you know, a lot of people don't know the background of this stuff. They don't know where these groups come from, and they don't know what they really teach. They just know these are really really nice people who seem very sincere. Um, who have invited me to come to their meeting and 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 just because and they are nice people, believe me, they are really nice people. I met quite a few of them over the years, but just because you're sincere in your belief doesn't mean that you're right, right? It, it takes more than sincerity to make it in life. It, it takes truth. And um, if I'm sitting on a chair and someone has sawed off one of the legs, I might not know that. I might sincerely believe it's going to hold me up, but then. Pfft, I'm going to hit the floor because somebody's played a prank and I didn't know that. So it, it's, it's, it's the, what you're putting your faith in, your trust in, is it solid? Is it solid? What, what are the reasons for that? And, um, and there's a way to be right about that. There's a way to be right about that. And you don't have to be a professional theologian. You don't have to be a PhD in biblical studies to, to know this stuff because guess what? God has set up a way that we might know what the truth is. That's why he set up this church because he knew Jesus was a pretty smart guy. I mean, he was God in the flesh and he knew that people would argue about this stuff in the future. And he could foresee that there would be different groups saying different things. Come join our group because we've got the real truth. That's why he set up something called the Catholic church, which is universal. It's for all people. And I'm kind of, I know I'm kind of on a tangent here, but, but the point of it is that this is how you can know that you're in the right group. He's, he'd always set that up from the beginning. The church that he founded would be Catholic, would be in succession, have succession of bishops from the apostles. Even in the first centuries, there were groups that broke away from the Catholic church and started doing their own thing. Well, how, you know, how do you know that you're in the right church, the Catholic church? Because your church had a bishop, and that bishop could trace his ordination all the way back to the apostles founded by Jesus himself. And so that's how you know. They kept track of these things. And, um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, you're kind of having to reconstruct everything from scratch. And and you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. So, I don't know. I, I think you should consider the Catholic Church. I think you should think about it and pray about it and and read about it and study it. I will definitely pray about it. And yeah, I I will look into it. Like definitely. That's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that you will. It's a, it's it's Lent. It's a it's a great season to do that in. And um, and I hey, and I, I hope that you call back, Rolanda. It's great talking to you. It's great talking to you. We got to take. <laughs> yeah, you call back in time. Let me know how your journey is going. Okay. All right, for sure. Thank you yeah. so much. Please do. We, we're up against a little break now, but but do call back, and I'm so glad you called in. God bless you, Rolanda. All right, that was Rolanda in Arizona. All right, so we will be right back after this on the Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. explain it to others. It's the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hey, welcome back to the Kale Clark Show. We're talking about why people go from being quote-unquote religious to being spiritual. I'm not religious. 
I'm spiritual. That's what they say. We're talking about the three reasons why people do that according to psychology. What are the psychological reasons behind it? It's kind of an interesting angle uh, that we're not used to um, kind of considering, but it might give us some insight into this. And this is from a piece uh, called, uh, it's from um, Psychology Today magazine. It's called The Psychology of Replacing Religion with Spirituality. And researchers say this happens in three forms. Number one, somebody is just done with organized religion for whatever reason. I'm just done with it. Number two, they might identify as religious. They might identify as still belonging to that group. I am Catholic, but I'm not practicing. I don't go to Mass anymore. I don't read the Bible. haven't gone to confession in ages. The third reason, uh, uh, someone might disengage from their religious identity Actively speaking, actively disengaging to focus on something called spirituality. And we'll, we'll talk about what some, what some of those spiritualities might be. I uh, had a really interesting call from Raylanda out in Arizona. Uh, please pray for her. Um, great conversation. Uh, thanks for calling in, Raylanda. Uh, please call back for sure. But let's now go to, hey, Barbie is in California. Hello, Barbie. Hi, how are you doing? I am so grateful for your show. And uh, I want to speak over my experience. Um, I was born Catholic, obviously Mm -hmm. went through every single sacrament. And there was a time in my life where I honestly, based out of pure ignorance, I guess, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. youth, I really thought that I didn't have to be going to church every Sunday. I didn't have, unfortunately, at home that uh, guidance although everybody was claiming to be a Catholic. So, long story short, I I started detouring uh, without even knowing. Um, I just started being more open to other religions, or if Mm -hmm. you had an X or Y, Z religion, I would never judge you, and I would be friends, and I would never speak over my faith or or my experience as a Catholic. It was irrelevant at that point, and so Mm -hmm. I started getting older and older, never really going to church other than for a wedding <laughs> um, or a funeral, mm-hmm. right? And then I would leave church saying, yes, I'm, I'm a Catholic, but I would never practice. And um, I, it, I, I learned the, the hard way. I, I started having friends uh, from other religion, religions, and that was many uh, Protestants here in, mm-hmm. in California. So. Sure. It was easy for me to honestly feel empty inside, and they were they would be like, "You want to come over? We're going to get together. Sure, let's get together." And I would go there, and I started getting terribly confused because hmm. uh, I'm like, you know, why am I praying to Virgin Mary, or why is my mom saying it's good for me to do that? They are right. We're supposed to just pray to God, and so I started getting into that bubble. And I sure. decided to just not not call myself a Catholic or anything like that. I was just a religious person, in my, in my point of view. And I was just saying, well, you know, I believe in God, and as long as He knows that I love Him, and as long as He knows that I'm doing my best out here, you know, to um, do the best in life to pe- with people and, mm-hmm. and myself, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to heaven. I'm, I cannot possibly be going to hell because I haven't killed anyone. I'm not stealing. And so uh, then I I got into um, going to 
certain groups of, of, of people who would tell you, oh, you can come, you know, we're having a breakfast meeting. There's yeah. no religion. It doesn't matter what your background is. I go, really? That's so cool. I can, I can just come. Uh, you guys don't mind? No, 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 not at all. So I started going to those breakfasts, and then I started realizing that something was missing, you know? Hmm. Something was just not right. Um, and uh, I said, you know what? I don't know. I still feel empty. Even though these ladies are nice, something is going on. Well, then I got invited um, to a retreat. Funny enough, we were at, at some, um, I think it was, it was like a, a fight, a box fight happening last year. <laughs> and a friend of mine says, hey, do you want to come and join us, you know, to, to a retreat, all women? And I said, oh, sure. And then I kind of feel a little guilty because I'm like, I said, you know, I'm a Catholic, but I really don't go to church. Is that okay that I come? She's like, absolutely. So I get there, and to fast forward, I realized on by assisting to that retreat that there was something called the Eucharist. And I broke down in tears when uh, I started the retreat on Friday, and then by Saturday evening, mm-hmm. um, this lady that I didn't even know, really at that table, gives me the book, because everybody apparently was watching that I was not getting up uh, to receive the Eucharist during ma- the Masses that were held. And um, and then she said, Barbie, I really think that you could use this book. It helped me a lot. And when I read the title called This Is My Body, um, A Call to Eucharistic Revival by Bishop Robert Barron, mm-hmm. and when I just read the book, just by literally reading the whole subject of the Eucharist, you know, yeah. re- you, mm-hmm. the Eucharist, I'm sorry. Um, I just broke down. Wow. I just couldn't hold my tears. And I, I really feel that the Holy Spirit, for the first time in my life, touched me deep down to my core. And I feel really guilty. Sorry, I'm getting emotional because I feel really guilty for ever overlooking Again, based upon ignorance or, or just just never paid attention, that mm. we have the most precious gift that God could mm. ever give to any of us, and that's his body, um, blood, mm. and soul. And, and that I said, oh, my God. And in good California style, I really said, OMG, right? <laughs> oh, my God. But you, really, but you meant it. You didn't mean it in that way. <laughs> yes. I, I said, oh, my God, please forgive me. I I was blind up until this very moment, and I kid you not, ever since that day, I had this great need to just pray and get closer to my faith again and be proud, and, and, and I feel whole because mm-hmm. I finally went back to church, and I entered that church, and I couldn't stop crying because I said, oh my goodness, this is my home. This is home. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I was away from all of this. And despite any, any ish, you know, things going around in the media to make us feel like, oh, my God, a, a, a priest is doing this or did mm-hmm. that, those are all evil things that happen sure. in many places. They just don't advertise them on TV. And I really believe that it, you know, it becomes a trend to not be Catholic anymore because, we hear something in the media, and the truth is, we need to go back to church, to our to our Catholic roots, 
because the church needs us, and we are the church. We are not the ones that are doing anything, um, you know, sinful against God to that level. Let the priests or let the people that are doing anything wrong talk to God and hopefully, you know, receive his mercy. But we have nothing to do with that. We are still here to follow his word, and we are here to be um, honored and and uh, happy that we are in, are in the true religion, like you said earlier. And I really, really say this with all my heart. I really doubted that we were that religion. I used to say, oh, you know, maybe they're just saying that. But there are so many religions that we can choose from. And I was wrong. And that's why that day uh, at the retreat, I cried so hard because I felt embarrassed forever feeling ashamed of being who I was or trying to be somebody else. Hmm. Um, when I had everything, I had the table all yeah. set up, you know, I just had to go sit there and, 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 and have his, receive his body and, and be happy to help other people. And now I am trying to help other people That's to amazing. any level from, from the parents to the children getting more involved with church. And I, and I, and I feel good about it. And I, I know that many of us, let me tell you, I made so many mistakes in my life. I made so many wrong yeah. moves because I did not have an identity. And now I've got my identity back. So now I really know what my roots are. Yeah. And I have a guide because the Bible is there to guide us. And, um, you know, you need, it's not the lady before me, Rolanda, I believe her mm-hmm. name is, Uh, You know, you don't, yeah, so sometimes you say, why do I need a religion? The religion is is not going to make me who I am. The religion, I think, is just for us to follow what God left for us from the get-go and take it from there and make it beautiful as he wants us to, to make it. The religion is there to identify who we are, the morals that we have, the good things that we like to do for him and for our people. And it's, it's a guide, you know? And, and so uh, in is, life, you, know. you need, you need, you need a, a guide. And I think that's what oh. a religion does. Absolutely. And it, it kind of what you're saying makes me think Barbie of the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch uh, in the acts of the apostles. And, and, you know, he, he is, he's the, the finance minister of Ethiopia, if you will. He, he's trying to read the scriptures, trying to understand them. He needs a guide. And, and Philip appears. And Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? He says, well, how can I, unless somebody explains this to me? And he said, let me hop into your chariot. I'll, I'll do that. And he's really playing that role of the church, who is that interpreter and guide uh, for sure. And I just I just love this this phone call, Barbie, because... It really became personal for you, uh, and and I think this is this is what and and many of my my, my evangelical friends, my non Catholic Christian friends, and I have, and I have a ton of them, ton of them, and they're they're sincerely searching for Christ, and they they're not a lot of them aren't quite at that place. Some of them are considering Catholicism, and if they sincerely believe that it was true, I'm sure that they would join the church, but they're not they're not there yet. But the, yeah, one one, one thing that, that I was just going to say, Barbie, one one thing that they they, they do have that they, they use this this statement you know do you have a personal relationship with Jesus and and that that is that is true we do have to make it personal i think that's that's what happened for you it eventually became 
personal, and it doesn't get more personal than, than the Eucharist, like what we've been talking about. And uh, I, I just think what you're saying is, is really beautiful, and I, and I, I appreciate you sharing about, about your journey and, and, and coming back in and how it's become real for you. And I guess you're kind of discovering the treasure that you always had from the beginning, and maybe it's, a, it's an unexamined treasure. The unexamined life is not worth living. I think Socrates said that. The unexamined faith, in many ways, is not worth believing. We've got to delve into these reasons why, because we can take it for granted if we are cradle Catholics, and it's never really you know, gotten any deeper than a surface level. That's, and so I, I'm so happy to hear this. this. This is amazing correct. that you went to that retreat. And yeah, no I, question. I just want to add this real quickly sure. about the retreat, really, very quickly. Uh, I did pray, just to let you and an audience know, I did pray. I remember I felt a little awkward on Friday. I said, okay, you know, here I am. I don't know what's going on here. This is pretty much a convent, and I don't know what to expect. And I started praying to God. I said, God, if this is the true place and religion that you want me to be, if this is real, mm-hmm. please give me a sign. He ended up giving me not one sign, but actually three signs. The book was just one of them. Yeah. And uh, I want to say that that's the reason maybe also that I cried so hard and I felt touched mm. by the Holy Spirit because I said, wow, yeah. I, I doubt it. You know, I, I felt very guilty. And I said, God, I asked you for one sign, and you're, you've given me now three signs. He's very uh, gracious, he gave me a, a couple of more signs. But the Eucharist is mm-hmm. the one thing that I told a friend even today. He said, Barbie, I, 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 I was a Catholic. Uh, you know, I went through the whole sacraments, but honestly, me and family are more Christians. I said, okay. Uh, I said, I'm a Christian, too. And uh, I said, I, I hear you. But one thing that you're, you're missing is that group of people with that group of people is the Eucharist and I encourage yeah. you I said to give it a thought and I'm going to give you a book so you know we have to just have yeah. the tone and, and and hope that we make more people understand that that's some uh, the, the holy sacrament that they are really missing mainly in their other religions absolutely and that, that's such a differentiator and I don't know if you ever had this experience and admittedly I mean to an outsider who's not Catholic it might sound subjective, but when you when you walk into a non-Catholic Christian worship space, there's a, there's a bit of an emptiness there. It's a little bit like on Holy Saturday when you go into a Catholic parish and and the Eucharist is not in in the tabernacle, uh, and and there, there's a sense of emptiness there. Like, yes, we can still pray here, but but He is not here. <laughs> and then, of course, Easter Sunday, the great celebration, uh, He once again resides in the tabernacle. And that, that, that just makes all the difference. And we don't say this triumphalistically or anything like that. Um, we want all people to come on in and, and get what we have. Like that old saying, it's one beggar telling another beggar where to get the bread. This is, this is the best soup kitchen around. This is where you can get the greatest meal. And it's, it's, it's feeding body and soul. Of course, it's the Eucharist. We want everybody to have this. That's why it's Catholic. That's why it's universal. That's why it's for everybody. Barbie, thank you so much for your phone call. Hey, we got to take a quick break right now on the Kale Clark Show, but we will be right back. 888-914-914-9. This is the Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Welcome back to the show, 888-914-9149. We're talking about those who say, I'm not religious, 
I'm spiritual. And some of the reasons why they do this, even from a psychological perspective, had a couple of really great phone calls on the show so far. Just kind of want to tie this together a little bit. And just to refresh, again, according to psychological research, people tend to do this for three main reasons. Number one, they're simply done with religion for whatever reason. Maybe it's the scandals. Maybe it's something else. I'm out of here. Number two, they may continue to identify as belonging to their particular religion, but they're just not practicing anymore. And number three, they're actively disengaging to embrace something called spirituality, quote unquote. So let's talk about that really quickly. This is the essence of the argument. Um, and in, the, in this piece uh, in Psychology Today by Dr. Andy Tix, he talks about uh, a guy named Casper Tell, Casper Tur. Kyle, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Casper Tur-Kyle, and he has a book called The Power of Ritual, and apparently it's all about this whole third um, uh, option, if you will, disengaging from your prior religious identity and focusing on spirituality, and, and what he essentially says is that although people have become less religious in recent decades, the fact of the matter is there are still underlying human needs that, re- that religion continues to address. And they're vital for human flourishing. So what what essentially people are looking for are um, we kind of have these needs hardwired into ourselves. And people are trying to find, get fulfillment for these needs outside of the church. And so the, the illustration that he uses, and I don't, I don't know if it's a good illustration, he talks about the music industry. He's like, look, nobody buys CDs anymore. I guess people are starting to buy vinyl albums again just because the sound quality is so good. But really, nobody buys CDs anymore. I mean, just people don't have CD players anymore. Everything's all digital. So CD sales are down, but love for music is as high as it's ever been. Everybody loves music. And it's the same. That's how some people might look at this problem. Um, we have these needs, but we just don't want religion anymore. We don't want the, the old way of doing this. So they try to find replacements for traditional religion. So here's a quote from this guy, Casper Turkile. He says, quote, Formal affiliation is declining, but millions are downloading meditation apps. I think he's right about that. For example, uh, there's an app, I think it's called Calm. Uh, it's endorsed by LeBron James. It's sort of this meditation app you can find in the app stores. Um, formal religious affiliation is declining, but millions are downloading meditation apps. That's a sign of the, I'm not religious, but spiritual crowd. They're attending weekend retreats, but they're not necessarily traditional Catholic retreats. They find spiritual lessons and joys in completely non-religious places like yoga classes, poetry readings, and groups like Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, by the way, just to interject, of course, the 12-step program is based on Christianity, by the way. This idea of, I can't do it on my own, I need to surrender to the higher power, yada, yada, yada. He also goes on to say, quote, stadium concerts and karaoke replace congregational singing. Hey, I love karaoke, but yeah, I, I, why, why, can we have both? Yeah, we can have both. So yeah, but that's true, it's true. Stadium concerts, ta- Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. That's a great example of Everybody knows the songs. It's it's a lot like congregational singing, isn't it? But there are places where people used to sing, and that is in churches. I'm not saying you can't also love pop music and, and be a, a practicing singing Catholic, but but I think he's onto something there. A lot of people think, well, I don't need this because I have 
I have the errors to her, and I can watch it on demand whenever I want. I don't need congregational singing. He says, podcasts replace sermons and homilies, wisdom teachings. How true that is. I mean, there's so many podcasts out there. It's it's just, there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. Um, some of them are extremely popular. But, but these are the wisdom teachers of our age, the gurus of our age. Uh, they're not necessarily looking for wisdom from the church. So that's, I think that's a good, good synopsis of some of the, the alternative quote unquote spiritualities that people are looking for. And then the author of the, of this article, uh, Andy Tix, Dr. Andy Tix, he talks about an experience that he had. He talks about going for a hike in a local state park. And he says, I'm going to just quote him here. He says, as I left my car, I powered down my phone to more intentionally connect with the natural beauty I encountered. Okay, not a bad idea on its, on its face. Then he says, quote, I then made a point to look for a tree in the park to connect with. A tree, I decided, had to be old and gnarly, one that stood out from the rest. So I found one, matching these criteria, overlooking the St. Croix River, and I mindfully walked around it three times in a kind of sacred gesture, to both appreciate the tree and ritualize its significance. Next time I take a hike at this park, that tree will surely have added meaning for me. End of quote. Okay, I don't know whether he hugged the tree. I don't know if it's actually a tree hugger. But this idea of connecting with nature, but he's sort of like uh, on the teetering edge of worshiping the created tree. Now, what's kind of interesting is that this points out to me, all of this kind of points out to me, what we know to be true. If you don't worship the one true and living God, you are going to worship something or someone, some element of creation instead of that. Because we are worshiping creatures. It's programmed into us. So if we don't worship God, we're going to worship something in the creation, which essentially is idolatry. And this is exactly what St. Paul talks about in Romans chapter 1. We just finished a, a great series on Romans, just had the last episode today on The Faith Explained, so check the archives for that. But it need not be that way. The creation can also point to the Creator. Uh, I read about Avery, Avery Cardinal Dulles, uh, who passed away uh, some years ago, I think it was in 2008, and he came from a very, very prominent Protestant family. His father was the Secretary of State, Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C., is named after him. But during his studies, and when he became Catholic, his family, like, his dad wanted to almost disown him. He didn't in the end, but he was really angry. But he read, he read a passage from Augustine's Confessions when he, was, when he was in school at Harvard. Walked outside and saw a tree by the Charles River. And it was, just, it was a rainy day. The tree was budding. And when he saw this tree, he's like, I believe in a loving creator God. And yeah, he was a smart guy. He knew all the intellectual and historical arguments as well for Christianity, but it was this thing, this element of creation that, that brought him to the true God. So it, it can work that way as well. And listen, I, I know the phone lines are jammed right now. They are jammed. And, and I want you guys to call back tomorrow because we're going to have to have a part two for this. We're going to have to have a part two because... We didn't even get to talk about why people think religion is a crutch, and, and this is kind of related as well, but we will delve into this tomorrow. So there, there's going to have to be a part two, because my hour is now up. Man, it went by fast, but it was very engaging. So everybody on the phone lines right now, call back. Ronnie, Maria, Paul, 
Gosha, Kent, Kent. I'm not Kent, but I am Clark. Not Clark Kent, but Kale Clark. And this has been a super, super discussion. Thank you so much for joining me as we're talking about what it means, why people say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, and how we can deal with this. Wow, what an hour we had on the Kale Clark Show. But please come back tomorrow, same time, same channel. But keep it locked here on Relevant Radio. Patrick Alock produced today. Miranda Sinisteros took your phone calls. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my dad.